What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. Welcome. Hello, 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 beautiful people. We missed you. That's right. We missed you. The podcast is back. Yes, we are back. That's right. The kids are back in school. We are back from vacationing. Yeah, the car show was finally done. Yes, that was a doozy. Yes, it was. your seminars are... Kind of coming to a close for a period of time. You have Atlantic City and Houston. And Atlanta. Oh, and you added Atlanta. Yes, right. Why am I not surprised that you added another city? Okay. They're they're doing so well. People are are really interested in real estate. So if we can help somebody, we'll go to any market. Okay. All right. As though you don't have enough on your plate. I know. We are trying to get our relationship back on track, but we'll go more into that. What is going on with our equipment? Well, um, every uh, time we go on vacation, we take our equipment with us. Because we always intend on doing a podcast, even if we're on vacation. So the... uh the recorder that we use, I, I guess, got banged up. So it's cutting in and out. So instead of making an excuse and saying, well, tomorrow we'll go buy another recorder, we're going to do the podcast. And if we cut in and out, it's only for like a half a second. So um, we bear cl- with us. Yeah, we clip out. But I'd rather get this podcast out to let you know that we're back, that we're serious. And then I'll buy a, a new recorder tomorrow. <laughs> but OK, so if you hear us cut in and out, that's what it is. All right. So. Yes, like I said, we are, I would say, on the verge of getting our relationship back on track because we've definitely derailed Mm -hmm. and haven't been on our marriage-ish. Would you agree? Yes. Well, explain that a little bit. I mean, well, first, before I explain, you kind of gave me a, a shaky yes. Do you agree? Yes, I agree. But I'm, but I, but for the people out there, they're like, well, what are you no, talking about? Of course, about? I'm going to mm-hmm. explain, but I just want to see where your head's at before I continue. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have been running yourself raggedy, and I would like to take a second to say that I'm very, very, very proud of you for all that you do, but especially for the car show. Mm-hmm. Thank that you so much. Probably took a few years off of your life. I'm sure it did. You assumed so much of the responsibility, and you recruited little Maddie as your um, part-time intern mm-hmm. to kind of take on some of the responsibilities. But that was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. It was. It was a lot. Getting the cars, lining them up yourself, setting up the map of where everything goes, mm-hmm. the vendors, the performances, everything that you did. I am very proud of you, and I have to say that you inspire me. Thank you, you so much. You inspire me, and I'm sure that you inspire a lot of people. So I just wanted to say that. Um, but between that and everything else that has been going on in the last few months, it has been like overload. Right. And not only have we not had enough time for you guys to do the podcast, literally, like not an hour mm-hmm. to record, but we haven't really had enough time for our relationship. Correct. Where I felt as though if we had to have a conversation about something important mm-hmm. that we had to schedule it. Right. Because being tired and me being worried about you falling asleep driving uh-huh. and you knocking out as soon as you get home and you flying here, flying there, flying there, flying here. You know, taking meetings, doing parties, doing, you know, the breakfast club and, you know, doing a seminar, preparing for the seminar. All these things that you have under your belt besides, you know, us traveling and everything else that goes crazy in the summer with the kids being home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot. Their activities and just everything. I feel as though you got to a point where you were really running on empty. Right. And it affected us. It did. It affected us. Absolutely. And I do think that's something that we need to talk about because Mm -hmm. I never scheduled, I never made that appointment for us to talk about it. So we're kind of talking about it now. Um, I kind of feel like if there was a way for you to put 48 hours in one day, you would. Mm -hmm. And the biggest problem is that you don't really take care of yourself, you know, We always say that we want to eat right, but you don't eat right. You're not getting any rest. You're extremely stressed. Uh Uh-huh. You're very stressed. Right. Um, And it's starting to spill over 
a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, some people think that ambition is a good word. Some people think that it's a not so good word. Um, regardless of whether the word is good or not, I think that it is starting to take its toll. Right. And in the last few months, I feel as though we've kind of disconnected and we've gone through a lot of things personally as well, which we'll talk about. Um, but I feel as though we haven't been and what I mean by that is, for instance... I haven't been what? Hinged? Hinged. Uh-huh. And what I mean by that is, for instance, when you come home mm-hmm. on a typical busy day... Right. I immediately feel a connection. I feel as though we... Like our souls kind of link up. Right. You come home. You give me a hug. You look into my eyes. We kiss, we spend time with the kids, Mm -hmm. we eat, whether it's here, whether we go out, we talk about everything that's going on. We talk on your way to work. We talk on your way home from work, get in the bed. We might have time to watch one thing, we kiss, we cuddle, we canoodle, we laugh, we joke, we play fight, we joke some more. Mm -hmm. And that's us. Like that's Guy and Rashawn. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. And that's part of our magic. And I feel as though in the past few months, a lot of that has kind of disappeared Uh Um, with the exception of, you know, the times that we went away, that was fine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we refound those things. But as soon as we got back home, you know, you get home and you pretty much kind of collapse. Right. Um, I may bring something up to talk to you about. You're not really there. Um, and I feel, I just feel as though it's, it's posing like a weight on us mm-hmm. and moving forward. I feel as though things have to change. You need to take a couple of beats because if this becomes your way of living, then not only is it going to hurt your body, hurt you physically, but it's going to hurt home. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? Um, well, this is the thing. Um, and, and I know a lot of men out there probably uh, will, will agree with me. One thing that makes me nervous about life is... You know, people talk about anxiety and what gives you anxiety and what do you think about? But for me, it's always providing, right? And when I say providing, we have five kids and I always think about what happens if I'm not here, mm-hmm. if something happens to me. Um, I want to set it up or, I, you know, my plan is and the setup is to make sure that you and the kids are fine forever, that you there's nothing that you need or want for. Mm-hmm. So... You know, um, like, you know, you know, there's things that you do that might relax you, you know, whether it's watching your favorite TV show, mm-hmm. whether it's your facial regimen, <laughs> okay. uh, whether it's uh, whatever, whatever it may be that you enjoy and that you can sit down and watch and you can relax. Right. Madison is playing the piano. Her relaxation is going downstairs and she plays the piano for you know, an hour, two hours where you could tell that relaxes her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan, you could tell, is playing video games. He plays video games that relaxes him and enjoys him. It he takes plays his edge football. off. Uh, football is more practice and more training, but I'm sure the video but games. It's still a hobby. It's it, something that he enjoys. Something that he enjoys. You know, you look at some people, they like to read. That's that's their hobby. They read, they take their mind off things. Some people exercise. Some people have yoga. Some people hang out with their friends. But if you look at me and you say, well, what does Rashawn do to relax? What does he do to disconnect? There is no disconnect for me. Right. I'm always on. Right. Um, not necessarily a good thing. Not proud of that. Not happy, for, not happy about that. But that's just who I am as a person. I think I've been like that since I've been 16, 17 years old. I've always been on. And the problem with always being, being on is uh, a lot of times you miss the personal things in your life. Right. And not uh, when I say personal, not the kids games or having a conversation with the kids or taking Madison on college tour or, you know, Jackson to flag football or whatever it may be. I'm talking about the connection part. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And when I say that is, is when I come home and I lie in bed, you know, most times it should be you lie, you lay in bed with your wife, you connect, you talk, you converse, you, you get into each other's feelings. Like things typically were. Right. For myself, now it's, it's like I have so many ideas running around my head <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's so many things going on, you know, whether it's real estate and we've been buying houses and buying buildings or, you know, we're trying to move. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the houses that we're trying to buy, it's like, you know, we put an offer in a couple of houses, some fell through, some it looks like are going through, but it's planning all of that and still doing the breakfast club and still doing the parties on the weekend and still doing the seminars and the car show and all that is all involved. Mm-hmm. And the bad thing about me is when I put my name on something, I want to make sure it's right. It's like the car show. I know a lot of people that do car shows or do shows, they have other people doing things for them. Right. The problem with that is if it fucks up, that's your name. Right. So, you know, if you went to the car show, I was there from 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. to the last car left at 11 p.m. It was after that. After that. Yeah. I was there. Not not just, okay, assigning people. No, I drove the cars back. Yeah. I put... Pusha T's car in the trailer. We had everybody that was at our house that day right. driving cars back. We trips. Right. I put, you know, two chains cars come. back in his in a, in, a, in the trailer. I put offsets cars back in the trailer. I helped get fifty cent. Like I did all of that. I picked the cars and the winners of the trophies. You know, I'm the one that decided where the cars go. Yeah, you were running got, it and the worker bee. I, I did everything. You know, and shout to Tina time. from Lincoln Tech because she helped as well with, with Lincoln Tech stuff, but. As far as that car show was concerned, I did 90% of the work when it comes to those cars. Right. And I did it because my name's on it. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, everything that we do, that's what's on my mind. And I can't get that stuff out my mind because all I'm thinking about is if something happens to me, I want to make sure, not just everybody's straight because everybody will be straight, but I want to make sure that Madison's college med school, if she wants to go to med school, and if she wants to invest in something, it's taken care of. Right. You know, same with Logan, same with Jackson, same with London, same with Brooklyn. Everything is taken care of. So constantly that is on my mind. So people will say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, you know, I don't necessarily make our relationship a priority. Anymore. I make make that a priority. Yes. Which is which is difficult, but it's also What do you mean which is difficult? What does that mean? It's difficult because since I'm the breadwinner of the household, everything is on my neck. Right. You know? So And it's a lot that's on your neck. Right. So I look at everything that's coming up. You know, they're saying a recession's coming. They're saying that this is happening. They're saying that this is coming. So I try to dodge and look at everything that's coming up to see what we're going to do to make sure that we can continue on the way that we continue. So where I should be thinking about our relationship and connecting and doing all the stuff that we used to do, all I'm thinking about is making sure the household is good. Well, the household is good. I know. I understand. We have been planning for our future and the kids' futures for many, many years. Uh-huh. We're good. Um right. And it did, didn't just happen that way. That was deliberate on our parts. We've always looked to the future. Um, my point is that there needs to be a balance. And I haven't found that balance. And you have not found that balance. See, there's a difference between being good and being Rockefeller good. You know, and when I say being Rockefeller good, I'm not talking about Jay-Z. I'm talking about Rockefeller that owns, you know, the Rockefeller family. And the reason I say that is. That owns the Rockefeller family. I'm talking about the Rockefeller family that owns Rockefeller Center, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. But the reason I say that is because I look at what we do bigger than just the KC crew, Mm -hmm. you know, and when I say bigger than the Casey crew, it's like a lady called the radio station the other day crying. She was so happy that her son attended the seminar and I talked her son into investing in the community. And she was crying. She was like, my son wanted to be a rapper and all he wanted to do was rap. But I don't know what you said to him, 
but he's into owning his own community. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said it's bigger than the case. I saw that. Because we're inspiring mm-hmm. people and pushing people to own real estate, to create generational wealth. And and these are things that are bigger than just me and you. Right. We're helping the community mm-hmm. and pushing people to do better. You right. know, uh, it's not about a book bag, uh, a backpack drive or a Thanksgiving drive or a toy drive. We're actually helping the community and not only helping teaching the community not to discount those things that we do as well correct but the reason i say teaching is so great is because think about it well you're a little different what do you mean most kids in the in the urban community don't know anything about investing because their parents didn't know anything about investing. so we're changing the narrative where we're teaching people how to do it because the first thing that comes up people mind is oh you got enough money you you gotta be rich to do that and i'm taking that mentality away from that because that's mm-hmm. not true. You know, your mom was a little different. Your grandma was a little different. They had businesses. They had hair salons. They had all these things growing up. So you were exposed to uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah, my grandmother owned buildings. Right. Right. I wasn't and most people aren't. So for me, it's teaching. So that's why I say it's bigger than just us. So that's what's constantly on my mind to what's next. How can I benefit the community even more? How can I make sure our family's great even more? And those are the things that I constantly think about. I don't have time to even relax. But that's very, very true because now that you mention it and you're putting it into perspective, I do remember being a young girl and seeing my grandmother as such, she was a small woman, right. but she was such a go-getter. And she was t- woman that you didn't mess with, even though she might have been five foot two, five foot three. Right. You know what I mean? But she owned buildings Correct. and she was about her rent and right. she would go and collect it herself. And she employed people in her family to do different things that had to do with her businesses. And yes, she owned hair salons and things of that nature. And she told mother to do the same. Right. And my mother did those things exclusive of my father. And then, you know, my father, when they got married, you know, he helped her with that as well. And he had his own businesses. So I was raised in a household of people that make things happen. Correct. That own their own and do their own thing. Uh, My mother also had a nine to five, but she had other things as well. Mm -hmm. So I was exposed to multiple streams of income and I grew up with the mentality that I can make anything happen. Correct. And I can get out there and work and bust my ass and make things happen. Right. I can own things. I can live a lifestyle that I choose because I can put it on my back and carry it and make it happen for myself and my family. Right. Um, And having that in a household and that being your narrative really does give you the confidence because you have the examples that it can happen. Right. So that's the reason why I've been a little off track because that's what, that's what's been on my mind. And like I said, it's kind of like I would, Compare it to an actor. You know, when an actor goes into character, sometimes it takes them a while to get out of that character because they've been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel. It's like, and not to say I'm in character, but my character is I got to get it. Yeah, so, your character is go, go, go. Right. And and there is no rest. So it's like, there is nothing like people say, yo, do you ever get a chance? To, yo, do you read a book or do you get a chance to listen to music? And I say, no. And they say, well, why not? And I always say, well, what? When will I ever have that opportunity? Yeah, because you don't decompress. No. So it's like when I drive to work, I'm driving and I'm listening to the news so I know what to talk about on radio. Mm -hmm. When I get off work, I'm on the phone doing business the whole way. And people say, well, you fly a lot. When I fly, I'm sleeping because I never get to sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, and when I'm home, I'm not going to read. I'm not going to write. I'm not going to listen to music because I got the kids. So if I have the opportunity to be home with the kids, I'm like, fuck every fuck the outside world. I want to spend it with my kids. I want my daughter to, to I want my kids to show me a stupid ass show downstairs <laughs> that they just showed me an hour oh, ago. Oh, oh, you want me to go and tell London Jackson Brooklyn that you think this show is stupid? No, but the show is was show was stupid as hell. But today it was kind of stupid. I was sitting there like That's it. You yeah. made us get out of the bed and come down. Right, to see that show. <laughs> right. But, but that's what it was. So when it came to it. <laughs> When it came to it, I, you know, I, I enjoy that. So those are the things that really, 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 really make me happy. But I think 
go get it all the time. And, so, and I need to decompress and really start thinking right. more about our relationship. So the question is, how do you find that balance mm-hmm. and how do you do better? And yes, of course, I'm concerned about our relationship as well, uh-huh. but I'm more concerned about your health because at this rate, I predict that you will burn out. I, I, I agree. You will burn out. A person can't do what you do and work the way that you work for an extended period of time without there being a consequence because it's not normal. You don't even sleep properly. Correct. You might sleep three hours a day. Like, that's crazy. And the three hours that you're sleeping, you're probably not completely in a sleep that satisfies the body. Right. Because your brain is probably still going. No, you're right. So for that reason... And also because I'm concerned about our marriage just because I know what a healthy relationship looks like and how it feels. And we haven't really had that for months. Right. Except when we've been away. Correct. You know, and that tells me that you're still the same person, obviously, Mm -hmm. but you do need decompression. You do. do need a balance. So I'm asking you now, what do you plan on changing? Um... I don't know. It's it's a tough one, right? And, and I'm going to tell you why. And it's hard to turn it off. And especially it's hard to turn it off in this world because it's the, it's the same saying as you got to strike while the iron's hot, you know? Okay, and that's the iron, true. And the iron's been hot a long time and, and we're striking. And not only striking for myself, like I said, we're doing it for a bigger cause. So it's like, well, that opportunity is there. It's like, yes, I have to learn how to decompress and start thinking about other things, but it's so difficult because these are the things that are on my mind. Like I'll wake up at two o'clock in the morning and think of something and be like, oh, I got to do this tomorrow. You know, I was laughing the other day and I was like, I got to actually write shit down because I forget all the things to do. (laughs) Today I was telling my dad, you know, when I landed, I was like, my dad was like, what are you about to do today? I was like, I got to go to Home Depot. He's like, for what? I said, dad, if we have a hundred lights in our house, I say about (laughs) 60 of them, the bulbs might be dead. I was just mad dark right mad now. Mad dark right now. But it is because I just don't have time to change the light bulbs. It's the truth. There's two out right there's there. There's two out right there. There's one right, there's two right there. The it, it, it is what it is. Yes, yes, yes. So for all of you guys that have been cursing us out in the comments and sending me very personal DMs, yes, um, there is a very good reason why we haven't been on it. I right. mean, I wish we had an hour here or there just for ourselves. Yeah, just it, for ourselves. it's very difficult. And I want to apologize to you because I haven't been there as emotionally as a good husband should be because these things are, it's kind of like, it's a catch 22 because you want to set up the future. You want to set up everything that's going on. You know, I'm in these places talking to these councilmen and talking to these different, like even tomorrow, you know, I got to drive to Atlantic City to talk about real estate because I really want people to start investing. Who are you meeting with? Uh, meeting with uh, the councilman down there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing a, a, a real estate seminar in Atlantic City. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to have it so when they come to the real estate seminar and we teach them about real estate in Atlantic City and we do a ride along where we actually show them the properties, I want to have somebody there where, where they can actually auction off properties right then and there foreclosed city owned real cheap with the people that come to with the, the people that come to the seminar. seminar. Yeah. Cause we'll have financing there for them. It'll be like a one-stop shop. You know what I mean? Which is, is which is unheard of. Yeah. Mm, is that even possible? Yes. That they can auction off. They can auction off city owned properties right then there. and there. Yes. But doesn't have to be open to a wider audience, not just the people that are in your audience. Well, that's what we're trying to make happen. Oh, okay. That's, that's what we're trying to do. Um, so we're trying to give, you know, cause if you look at, and this is a real estate talk quickly, if you look at some of the houses in Atlantic City that's foreclosed on that the city owns, they're not getting any tax money from it. Mm-hmm. And that's how the city operates. That's how they pay for construction and, you know, the highways and whatever. So the fact that they're sitting there with no taxes, mm-hmm. if you can auction them off right then and there, now you start getting the, uh, so you start getting back on payroll tomorrow. Yeah. So okay. hopefully we can. But back to what we're saying, I apologize because that has been my mind frame since I've been a kid to go get it. But I've been thinking about it so long that I forgot about go getting my 
wife and family. <laughs> you know, so I, I do want to apologize and say, you know, I have to work. I have to work on that and focus on that, you know, and focus on decompressing. You know, I have to start doing things that I enjoy that relax me. I thought about yoga. Uh, I don't even exercise anymore. I got to get back in the, in the gym with Richie. Mm-hmm. Um, I love boxing. I got to get back to boxing. Um, so those are the type of things. Even on Sunday, remember I used to go riding, uh, take one of my cars out and go riding on a Sunday. Right. I, we don't do that anymore, you know? So those are the things that that I want to get back to doing. But it's not just about talking about it, you know, for this, you know, 20 minute segment that, you know, we're talking about it. It's about really implementing it and consciously making a change. Yeah, it's going to take time. I mean, you got to think. It's like it's like a, a, a somebody that smokes cigarettes, right? Smoke for a long time. It's so hard for somebody to just say, you know what? Tomorrow I'm done. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, how how do you start a balance? It's baby steps. You know, you have to train yourself to detach. You know, like when you come home, you should start making it your business and deliberately detaching slowly. I'm not saying, you know, come home and then everything business is off the table and you don't think about different things and your mind isn't going to wander. But if you notice it happening, then maybe you should say, you know what, Rashawn, like right now, I'm just going to concentrate on this. I'm going to spend this time with my kids. I'm going to spend this time with my wife. I'm going to watch this movie. I'm going to go grab a bite and not talk about more business things. Because what I did notice is that I, you know, I don't, it's crazy, like, to not feel as close to you. Yeah. You know, it's, I agree. it's not good. It, I, it's not good. Communicating, connecting, chemistry, the three C's, I guess. Um, It's essential. And I guess it's important. Hold on. Who is it? What's up, Logue? We're doing a podcast. You need me? You can show me after, boo. All right, babes. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, those things are essential right. um, for a prosperous, a prosperous relationship. And it's even more evident to me because, yeah, on this podcast, what do we talk about all the time? Communication, communication, communication. Correct. But it's even more evident to me when... We haven't been communicating. So now, you know, I can speak about it from the positive side of communication. And now I can speak about it from the negative side of communication because we have really been lacking it. I mean, I'm not kidding when I say I feel like I have to schedule a conversation. You know, you'll be on your way home from work. Typically, we talk the whole 45 minutes. You know, lately I've been on the phone with you for seven minutes. And it's like, oh, babe, I got to go. I got to call this. I got to do this. I have to handle this. I have to check this. I have to make sure this. I have to plan this. I have to get flights. I have to do this. I have to do that. And then we're off the phone. And I'm like, but, but, but I need to talk to you about X, Y, and Z. All right. When I come home, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to plan yeah, this. No. So, you know, probably between like five and five thirty, we can have a conversation. Then between 5 and 5.30, we're starting to have a conversation. You drift off to sleep. Right. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's Monday and we haven't had the conversation. Maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow's the same thing. Sometimes it takes three days for me to communicate something to you. Right. To get something off my chest or to tell you what's going on or give you some information that you need to know about right. whatever. Like, that's bonkers. Like, that's absolutely No, I mean, I, I get it and I understand. Something has got to give. Yeah. So you need to make that a priority. Yeah, and I, I think that's a priority. And I also, for myself, and this is just for something for business, I got to start trusting people, which is difficult. Because a lot of this stuff that I do could be handled by somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I can't decompress and not think about business when I don't have the right team or the help. Right. You know, and if I don't have the help, it's something that's going to be on my mind all day long. Okay. So, well, that's one conversation that we had. So Mm -hmm. now I feel good about that. Mm -hmm. So let's move along. All right. So uh, the name of the podcast, right, was today we we prayed, we prayed, we prayed and. Wasn't um, it just two we prayed? I don't know. It might have been two. I don't know if it's two or three. You told me it was just two. Two or three. (laughs) Um, <laughs> if if you follow us, you know, uh, Gia and I have, I won't say have, we wanted a sixth baby. 
right? So we went through the process of trying. Uh, we did the fertility stuff. We found out when she was ovulating. I was trying to smash on that day, bust up in on that Come day. Come on, Rashawn. Um, usually, you know, I touch gear. She becomes pregnant. Not a problem. Bang. One, two, three. Uh, but for the sixth one, it was a little more difficult. So we tried the ovulation kit. That didn't work. Let me bring you guys up to speed. Mm -hmm. Like Rashawn said, we... And some of you already know this because you've been listening for well over a year. Mm -hmm. But for those of you that aren't aware or this might be your first podcast with us or your fifth podcast with us, we haven't talked about it in a while. Right. And there's a reason for that. So I'm just going to quickly bring you up to speed without being long-winded about it. Mm -hmm. First, we tried ovulation kits, which which we've used in the past. And like Rashawn said, the day that I'm ovulating, we go for it and ended up pregnant. And that had always proved successful. We went through a drought where we tried that and it wasn't working. I'm that it, What? I'm hearing a little wind noise on your mic right fast. Okay. Can you just um, put this over the mic just to get a, to block the... The thing, so. How's that? Oh, that's actually a lot better. Go ahead. Really? Yeah, way okay. better. Got his hoodie over the mic. Right, but you can't move it, though. Fuck ahead. Um, yes. So, like I said, um, having sex while I was ovulating mm -hmm. didn't produce a result. Correct. So, after trying for a while, um, several months, I would say maybe 10 months, mm -hmm. we decided that we were going to do, well, No. We decided that we were going to get some help. Uh -huh. I'll put it that way. I almost said that we decided that we were going to do in vitro, but we didn't. In, we didn't decide that off the back. First, we did an IUI, which mm -hmm. is intrauterine insemination. That did not work. Correct. Then we moved on to in vitro. Mm -hmm. We did one cycle of that and ended up with a negative pregnancy result. Correct. I don't think that you guys know that. I don't think that we shared that. Then we did another round of in vitro. Right. And in vitro is expensive as a motherfucker. I just want to put that out there. And insurance, our insurance didn't cover it. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> because you were probably thinking it when Maybe. I said it. So our second round of in vitro um, gave us another negative pregnancy test results, which was so strange. I was baffled by it. My doctor was baffled by it. The nurses were baffled by it. Really could not figure out a logical reason why we did not end up pregnant. Right. Except for the expl explanation of sometimes these things just happen. Correct. So at that point, after three trials mm -hmm. and a mock trial, because before the two rounds of in vitro, we did a mock trial where I took all of the medication. And as some of you know, that includes, you know, several shots in the belly, shots in the belly, shots in the ass. Yes. All um, types of like the in vitro process is, is serious. I got to a point where I was able to do it myself, giving myself, you know, a shot maybe three times a day, hormones and different, um, different things shots for different reasons and and you and, and for you guys to understand these shots have to be taken all the time like i remember we were at powerhouse yes powerhouse is our yearly concert that the station does so many different artists we're in the back room in a green room giving gear a shot you know and this is when it was new so we didn't necessarily know how to do the shots so we were kind of nervous so everywhere <laughs> we go we had to carry a cooler because the the, the shots have to be cooled well, yeah the, they're the, refrigerated yeah the medicine had to be cooled so we had to carry they pack them in ice yeah, it's, when we, we went traveled, out of town for CIA, CIA yeah. or all of all of those things mm -hmm. like I was constantly traveling with needles and medicine one Correct. time we got to CIA CIAA and forgot one of the vials of medicine. So then had to go and pay like triple mm -hmm. for the medicine. At a local... Uh, Where, that was in Atlanta? That was in North Carolina. Oh, that was oh that was CIAA. Uh, something happened in Atlanta too yeah. for Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but whichever way, it hasn't been easy. Correct. So after the second round, and I know why you said it was expensive now, because it, after the second round was probably where you were thinking, man, F this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to front. I thought it was a Ponzi scheme. I was like, these doctors are charging all this money and this shit ain't working and got to be a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, no, no, no. Our doctors are actually 
amazing. Mm-hmm. I love my doctor and all the doctors that helped him like when he was away and that, you know, right. took it upon themselves to see me. Um, they're fabulous. But anyway, after the IUI, the mock trial, the two failed rounds of in vitro, we just kind of said, eh, maybe this just isn't for us. Correct. Maybe God has another plan. So that very next month after the failed pregnancy test result, you know, we just went on living life and without trying wound up pregnant right. naturally, mm-hmm. which blew both of our minds. Mm-hmm. Like we've been trying for a couple of years now, it seems. Mm-hmm. And Nothing with help, with medicine, with all these shots, with going to the doctor every other day, literally going to the doctor every other day to have my blood drawn and to have an ultrasound done. I mean, the follow up is incredible. The doctors are so dedicated with all of that. Mm -hmm. Nothing. And then here we are just, you know, being ourselves and having had let it go. Mm hmm wound up pregnant. Correct. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of you have either gone through something like this yourselves, or maybe you know someone that's gone through something like this yourselves, but you've probably heard the same thing that I've heard. A lot of times when people are trying, there may be something unexplained that goes on in your body Mm -hmm. that produces negative pregnancy test results. Um, I don't know if it's the anxiety. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's the stress. I don't know if that has something to do with the hormones, but people tend to believe that when it's your focus and when you're obsessed with it, it doesn't happen because you're causing some kind of undue stress on the body. And it may be true. There might be something to it because as soon as we kind of let it go, we became pregnant naturally. Right. So moving forward, yes, I was pregnant Mm -hmm. and I regret to use the word was Mm -hmm. because at about six weeks when I went in for another ultrasound, because I had already had a couple up to that point, um, but at about six weeks when I went in, there was no heartbeat as yet, but you don't necessarily have to have a heartbeat at six weeks, but the baby was measuring about a week behind right. in size. And my doctor used the term cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. He said that he was cautiously optimistic. So I went in the next week and that whole week was stress mm-hmm. because I was just praying every day and a, just completely um, overtaken with the hope that there was going to be a heartbeat at the seventh week, because Mm -hmm. at the seventh week, there must be a heartbeat. There is no, oh, some women, you know, they show a heartbeat at seven weeks and sometimes they don't know. At seven weeks, if there is no heartbeat, there is a problem. Correct. So I just had my fingers crossed that, you know, I would be pregnant. So at that seventh week, that was actually the day before we went to Mexico. Correct. And I go, Rashawn was out of town. Mm-hmm. Typically you would have been there, but you were out of town. I was in Detroit. In Detroit for something. Because remember I met y'all in Mexico. Right. You met us in Mexico. Um, so he was away on business and I went to the appointment by myself and he was on FaceTime uh-huh. with me. And lo and behold, there was no heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So we knew that that pregnancy would end up as a miscarriage, Mm -hmm. but we were going away the following day. So my doctor gave us um, a sterile container Mm -hmm. in case I did miscarry. I had the choice. I had the option of trying to um, preserve it so that I could give it to them so they could send it out for testing Mm -hmm. to see why I miscarried. Correct. Because that wasn't my my first miscarriage. I miscarried at the same point right before I got pregnant with Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really the reason why I didn't want to get pregnant on my own 
because of that miscarriage. That miscarriage made me fearful of getting pregnant and going through several weeks mm-hmm. of happiness and hope and prayers and um, just, you know, being euphoric that you've achieved what you've wanted right. through love and being disappointed. Um, I wanted to go through in vitro because you have the option once they fertilize the egg and an embryo is created, you can have that embryo biopsied right. and that, you know, tissue or whatever it is. Well, it's not tissue at that point, but whatever it is that they biopsy, they send it out and they test it. And if there are any chromosomal abnormalities, you know and you can choose not to have that um, embryo put back into your body right. to turn into a pregnancy. And, um, you know, most people would not, obviously, because there's something wrong and it would probably end up in a miscarriage. So I would want to know before I invested so much hope into a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So going through in vitro enables you the option because it doesn't, it, it's, it doesn't come with your in vitro package, right. I'll say. It's something that you pay for separately mm-hmm. if you choose to. And I did. So both of the times that we had embryos, we had them biopsied and they came back perfectly normal right. and safe to put back in. I had them put back in. It just did not turn into a pregnancy. But I would hate, I would have hated to plan to get pregnant on our own and there'd be something wrong and right. you know you just spend all of these weeks hoping and praying and um wanting wanting it so badly um i just i just i didn't want it to end with a miscarriage right so we inadvertently got pregnant and it did end in a miscarriage so a lot of you that were you know in my comments saying, I think she's pregnant. I think she's pregnant. Yes, I was pregnant. Um, but now I'm not. So. And that's I, the crazy thing about it is because even though there's no heartbeat, it's still, the embryo still grows as you're pregnant. So it still gets bigger and, and, and it shows that you're pregnant, but there's just no heartbeat. And, and you know, we were on vacation. Mm-hmm. So we had to, to, well, I wouldn't even say we, you had to deal with that on vacation. Yes, um, not knowing if I was going to miscarry while we were away. I mean, we could have been ziplining and miscarriage, or could have been in the pool and miscarriage. Could have been laying in bed. I mean, it could have happened at any time, which which is which is very very crazy. And I, I would say one thing: um, you are a trooper, and I would say that you are a trooper. Um, I mean, we took that news, and I was in Detroit, and you came home, and you know, you packed. <laughs> Got the whole family on that plane because I wasn't here to help because I was in Detroit. I, I met you in, in Mexico and you didn't let it affect you. Like, and this is another thing and we're sharing this with you guys. Well, first of all, let me just tell you that nobody knew that Gia was pregnant. Nobody. Nobody. Only me, you and Irma. Right. And my doctors. And the doctors. Nobody. Not our kids. Not my mom. Not your mom. Nobody. Not your friends. Um... So to be able to, I mean, so now they're finding out now because have you told anybody? I don't, I don't know. If I did. haven't told anybody, but I have to make a few phone calls before Monday morning. Before the podcast comes Clearly. out. Clearly. Yeah. Um, but you know, you are a trooper because, you know, you didn't let it affect you. And it, it, of course it affects us because, you know, we were so excited. You know, we were excited. Like we were happy. We were starting with baby names. We were thinking about baby rooms, you know, <laughs> we were excited, but you know, mm-hmm. it just, for whatever reason, you know, it wasn't in our plan. It wasn't in God's plan for right now. You know, and, um, a lot of you are probably thinking, wow, you got that news on Wednesday and then went on vacation on Thursday and managed to have fun with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that possible? Mm-hmm. The reason it's possible is because I know what I want. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's one thing, but what God wants is another thing. Mm-hmm. And I have 100% faith in that. 
Absolutely. I know that if we are meant to be parents again, we will be. And if we are not meant to be parents again, we won't be. And whatever reason that is for, Mm-hmm. It would be wonderful if I was given the privilege of knowing, but I may never know. But what I do know is that if we don't ever have another baby, it is for the greater good for whatever reason. And you can, I, you can, I can come up with a dozen hypothetical reasons mm-hmm. why it may not be for the greater good. You know, life is like, a series of dominoes falling and one action begets another action and the sum of a group of actions begets a result and a whole other chain starts. Mm -hmm. Um, So who knows what bringing a particular life into the world can set forth. Right. Who knows what domino that can be and what reaction that can cause. Correct. So I don't know because we haven't had the opportunity to talk about it, but I don't know what we plan on doing next. So what wound up happening was um, the conversation with my doctors was if I did not miscarry on my own, we scheduled a DNC. The day after we got back. The day after we got back. So we got back on Rashawn's birthday, which was September 3rd. Mm -hmm. So on September 4th, I went in for a DNC. And for those of you that don't know, that is when you undergo anesthesia and um, you're knocked out. And they go in and they surgically remove the fetus from your Mm -hmm. uterus. So I went in for that. And, um, the reason why I had a DNC, because I didn't have to go that route. Right. The reason why I did that is because I wanted the doctors to have the baby, mm-hmm. to have the tissue and to have, um, it sent out for biopsy. Right. I want to know why I miscarried. I want to know if it was a chromosomal defect or if it was for no reason at all, if it was just nature, I need to know because that will affect what we do next. Right. It'll affect whether we try to continue on by getting pregnant on our own, whether we choose to do another round of in vitro, if Rashawn can get 16 more jobs and pay for it <laughs> or whatever, right. you know? Um, so that's why I had a DNC when I miscarried the first time. Um, again, same thing. I went in, and there was no heartbeat. The doctors gave me a medicine that I put between my cheek and my teeth. It dissolved and absorbed into my body through my cheek tissue. Right. And it brought on a miscarriage. So I didn't have to go the DNC route, but I did it because I, I needed that preserved. Um, so that's where we're at right now. And... Um, of course, I'm sad. Of course, I'm disappointed. But like I said, I know it's for the greater good. And I'm hoping that if um, anyone out there that's listening has had a miscarriage or loves someone that did, that you also know that for whatever reason, it's all in God's timing. It's all in God's plan and it's all for God's reasons. And hopefully with that mindset, you will have comfort to know that you are doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You're at exactly where you're supposed to be at because your outcome will be exactly what your outcome is supposed to be. Absolutely. And I, I want to say I respect you for, for having that mind frame. I know a lot of people probably don't have that mind frame or wouldn't have that mind frame. Um, you know, I always talk about how strong you are, but you are probably, the I think I said probably, you're the strongest person that I know. Hmm. And um, I respect you and I appreciate you. Thank you. And I love you. I love you. Um, yeah, like the shit that you go through, and I, I, I don't even know what you're made of. Like, I, I like <laughs> people ask me all the time, "Have I ever met an alien?" And I say, "Outside of gear, no," <laughs> because it's the things that you've been through, it and and continue to be positive is just great. Um, and I love you. I love you, and listen. Your psyche is set up different when you know that God loves you. Correct. 
I know that God loves me. And I know that God does not want to hurt me. So if I'm experiencing any hurt, it's for a reason. And I don't need to know what that reason is. I just need to have faith that it is for a reason. Uh And at the end of the day, everything will be all good. There we go. So there's that. (laughs) So now you guys are up to speed. I know a lot of you have DM'd me asking me, you know, where we stand and, you know, how in vitro worked out and whatnot. And, you know, it is in our nature to have taken you along that journey with us as we were continuing with in vitro and as we were getting disappointing news and as we decided to try it again. Mm -hmm. But it was sad. And I'm very capable of sharing sad things with you, but I did not want to bring our listeners down. You know, I didn't want to crack the mics every week and talk about something that was sad or that was disappointing because it would bring down the vibe you know, of the podcast. I just, I didn't want to bring you guys down to where I was feeling. But it's real life and people go through it all day. Right, which is why at this point, it's our choice to share. Correct. And to let everybody know. Um, But even though, you know, it was sad during the time that we were going through with it, I was still happy. Absolutely. (laughs) I was still happy. I was still happy, Yeah. you know? And one thing I would say is when we, when it came to do the podcast, And I was like, hey, do you want to talk about it? He was like, of course. You know, people deal with this type of thing every day. And who would we be if we didn't talk about our life? We talk about everything else. So why not discuss it? Yes, it'll be hard, but people go through it and it's it's the best. So I respect you for that, baby cakes. Thank you, baby. So do we have time for an email? Uh, Yes. Um, Let me get to the email. I took a screenshot of it. Okay. Hey, Gia and Envy, I love you both in this podcast. You've inspired me in many ways, especially Gia. And I admire the relationship that y'all have. I'm not sure if you remember me, but we met once at Hampton University when you were doing a college tour with your daughter. And it made my day. I really hope y'all see Aww. this email because this has been on my mind lately and I need your advice. Okay. It says, uh, where are we at? Sorry that it's a little long. I've recently been seeing this man that owns a barbershop. He's 34 and I'm 24, but we've had a great connection uh, talking wise. And he's great with my son, who's three. We met at the barbershop when I was taking my son for a haircut and he asked for my number. He's a great guy, very sweet. And we've had fun on our dates and family dates with my son. I really like his ambition. He bought his shop six months ago and he's already broke even because he works so hard and is looking to build a great future. My son really likes him, which is unusual because he doesn't warm up to many people. The issue is that he was in jail for 12 years. When he was 18, he shot two people, one on accident, aiming for the second person. He's learned from his mistakes and he's grown from it. And many people admire him for the man he is today. He doesn't have any dangerous tendencies or anything now. And he accounts it for being young and dumb. Mm -hmm. But he's grown as a person and doesn't want to be judged by his past but who he is now. He's been out for four years and has been uh, doing positive things with his life to make up for the time he's missed. The question is, should I still head for a future with that kind of past or should I kill the relationship before it really starts? I already know my family wouldn't approve just because of his past, but I feel like if they met him, they'd like him. I'm not sure what to do. He's a great guy. That's a real sweet gentleman. That's a hard worker, but his past is something that definitely causes a pause in thought. Please answer if you have a chance. Want me to go first? It's up to you. I'll start. So he shot two people. Mm -hmm. Okay. One was unintentional. (laughs) Bad aim. Okay. (laughs) Bad aim. Um, I believe that we are who we genuinely are today. I don't believe that we are who we were yesterday, last month, a year ago, 10 years ago. Forgiveness is real. And if a person is deserving 
of forgiveness and not that he offended you, but you as a person in his life are in a position to forgive his past indiscretions. If he is genuinely sorry for what he did and has genuinely transformed into a new person, a better person who has learned from his mistakes and has consciously and deliberately gotten better and who has lived life in a way to try, not that you can make up for that per se, because I'm sure that the family of the people that were shot and those who were shot themselves don't feel the same way. But if he can, as best as he can, make up for what he's done by living righteously and making good decisions today, and if he's a different man than he was then, and that is truthful and honest, then that man deserves forgiveness. Who he was then doesn't affect your relationship. And to be honest, and this is, you know, no disrespect, but who are you to judge and who would your family be to judge? Because no one is perfect and everyone has a past of some sort, maybe not of that magnitude, but everyone has a past. And if you were judged for every bad decision that you've made, everything that you've done wrong, everything that you've done or said to intentionally hurt somebody else when you were younger, more immature, less wise, maybe just a bad person at that point, maybe when you were going through something, maybe because of how you were raised, maybe because of the lack of certain things in your life, then no one would ever prosper because no one would ever be given a chance. No one would ever be given a chance if we were all judged. Right. So in my opinion, if you truly believe that this man is a good man today, then there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to move forward with him. And hopefully your family, if they don't already have, eventually can learn to have the type of heart that accepts people that have done wrong in their past. Right. And I agree with you. Um, there's certain things I can't forgive, though. I mean, I'm not the same person I was when I was 17, 18, 19, or 20. I'm not that same person, and I would hate for people to judge me for that person. I totally changed. I'm totally a, a different and better person. Uh, you the, go through different things. Only person that I, mold I, you. I can't fuck with a pedophile. I don't give a fuck what you did at 17, 18, 19. If you touched a young boy or young girl, go fuck yourself. Can I just say something about that? Mm -hmm. See... I'm going to start by saying we can't be hypocrites, right? Correct. And the reason why I believe that something as um, heavy as pedophilia doesn't really apply is because people, it's said, and I watch a lot of um, investigation discovery, ID do. channel. You guys know that if you listen to the podcast, it's said that people that suffer from pedophilia, there is something wrong with their brains mm -hmm. there is a problem that occurs in their brains in their mind within their psyche right that causes them to be attracted to children right so from what i understand and i'm not a psychologist i'm not a psychiatrist i can just tell you what i understand and what i believe to be true mm -hmm. Pedophilia is not something that you can be cured from. Right. There are people that have undergone hypnosis and different kinds of therapy. Right. A long time ago when they used to do shock therapy, um, they've undergone that. And it's not something that you can per se be cured from. Mm -hmm. Maybe there are people out there that still have those wants, desires, and fantasies, but that can control their actions despite their fantasies. Right. But it doesn't mean that they don't still have that attraction and they don't yearn for those things. They just may not act upon it. So 
Something like pedophilia might be an exception to the rule because you may not actually be able to change. Right. You may not be able to change. You may not be able to be cured of that. Mm -hmm. So in that type of situation, if you have a child that was molested, forgiving that would be a feat in and of itself. Right. But even if that person were able to change, it would still be difficult to, if they were actually able to change and it wasn't a mental issue that can't be cured, even in that case, most people would have a difficult time or render it impossible to forgive that. So in that situation, I just, I I just don't want to, I wanted to explain that because I don't, want you to sound like a hypocrite. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but when it comes to, I mean, I don't know the, the, the situation, but if the man has changed and he's doing better, doing better for the community, I don't think it matters what he did uh, when he was younger. Um, he's changed. He's uh, served his time in prison for his punishment. And if he's a different person, not only just the punishment, because I know there's some people that, that go to prison and don't change, but the fact that he's, served his time and you're saying that he's a different person. He's not violent. He's doing for the community. She called him a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's working hard. No, you don't leave that. You don't just dismiss him because of his past. A lot of us have past. And because of that, it builds us who we are. It builds character. It makes us the man that we are today. So no, I wouldn't. And if my family had a problem with it, you know, fuck them. I mean, you're well, prob- you want to say F them because no, 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 hold on. See, no, 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 that's okay. In this situation, I know that you are definitely the F them type of person. I am. But in this situation that they're looking out for her, her best. That interest. doesn't fit. Correct. They would be looking out for her best in- interest. Correct. And I think that most people would respond the way that she fears her family Probably. to respond because I just don't think that most people for whatever reason, through their circumstance, Mm -hmm. have gotten to a place where they really, truly and honestly understand forgiveness. Correct. And I think that the vast majority of people in this world are judgmental, Mm -hmm. very judgmental. Right. But it's so much more freeing and you find a certain amount of peace within yourself when you choose to understand rather than to judge. Correct. And it's hard because I don't think that most people even really consider that. Because for most people, I don't think that that way of thinking has a way to even enter their lives. Mm -hmm. Most people, I think, are just judgmental by nature. and. I think when you're either forced to learn how to be understanding Uh or when you grow up with maybe parents that teach you to be understanding, then maybe you're more open to it. Mm -hmm. But most people, they look at other people as good people and bad people and they don't really care so much about intention. They just care about the end result. I used to be like that. I used to be very, very black and white, right and wrong, black and freaking white. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I've grown and I've matured and I've lived and I've experienced more things and I've experienced more people and I've become more open minded, mm-hmm. I've softened and I care more about what is real and I care more about what is right, right. than the BS. Absolutely. You know, so you can't fault her family for taking on a normal reaction. I guess you're right. Yeah. So you can't just be like F them. Maybe that's an opportunity for her to sit down with people in her family and explain why he's worth the opportunity to be with her, why he's worth that chance, why he's worth what they might consider a risk. Correct. Why he's worth it. Yeah, I think you're right. And I and I think I would definitely wouldn't throw him to the side. I definitely wouldn't leave. I think he's a good man, like you said. And like you said, have that conversation and show why he's worth that forgiveness and why he's worth 
that chance. Yeah, and it's not even like, oh, I don't have to prove nothing to nobody. Like, it doesn't have to be. Right, because your family's looking out for you. Yeah. It, it, You're right. It, this isn't that kind of situation. These are people that love you, that are looking out for you. They're looking mm-hmm. out for your safety. So their minds might, might wander. Or oh, what happens if they get into a heated argument? What if, if, if. He had it in him to do that. Then he might snap like they can rationalize it a thousand different ways. But there's a lot to be said about intuition. Mm -hmm. And if you know that you feel safe with him when you're around him, then that's all that you really need to know. Now, girl, you start seeing signs. Right. (laughs) Then run. That's a different story. But um, if you feel secure with him, just, you know, keep your eyes open. But it doesn't seem like you feel as though you need to even keep your eyes open at this point. So good luck and keep him around. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, let us know, please. Yes. All right. Now, uh, if you ever want to email us, you can email us thecaseycrew at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-E-K-C-Crew at gmail.com. Um, look out, uh, uh, you know, Gia and I, you know, we travel a lot. You know, we we try to take the kids everywhere possible. We just want to show them the world if we can, you know, whether it's Mexico and look at the pyramids or it's Jamaica or the Disney cruise or it's the Maldives, Dubai, wherever we can take them, we try to take them. Um, Gia and I are doing a flyaway for adults. We don't do enough for ourselves. Oh, you're t- I was like, where is he going with this? You are talking about that now? Yes. So Right I, now? Yes. I just want to tell people so. Well, how about, hold on, hold on, because we what? haven't even talked about it really. So I'm right. about, I need to find out what <laughs> information you're about to drop. Cause I'm not going to drop no information. I'm just going to tell them, look out for it, because we're going to drop some information on them soon, where we're going to do a flyaway where it's just going to be adults. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go somewhere we're gonna get some massages we're gonna do some parties we're gonna do some uh relaxation we're gonna do a podcast live we'll probably do some real estate live we might we, have some special appearances that's right we will have some special appearances but it's gonna be for adults so you leave the kids at home uh we'll, we'll <laughs> tell you where it is we'll let we'll give you in enough time so uh we can all save money to make sure we can all go <laughs> um and we're gonna go have a good time yes so we'll, yes, we'll, we'll yes. fill you in with the information um it should be a lot of fun. It is going to be like a couple's retreat. And it's going to be all inclusive. So you ain't got to worry about paying for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything will be involved. Your liquor, your food. And we'll just hang out and really just have a good grown up time. Yes. Um, it's set in stone. It will be a few days, but every night will be something different. Right. There'll be things to do during the day. That's right. We're all going to get together and party and do really cool amazing things. I've been wanting to plan this for a couple of years now. So we finally figured out a way for it to come to fruition. So it will happen. It's not just an idea. We are definitely moving forward with it. So look, I thought you had some new information. I'm like, oh, okay. Some more stuff I'm going to find out on the podcast. That's it. We'll tell them more, you know, uh, probably in the next couple of weeks, we'll tell them more, uh, the details for everything. But um, They they, they need our photo. Yeah, no, we'll they, send them a they, photo. We'll so are we going to take a new photo? Can we get rid of the Casey Crew podcast photo that we've been rocking for like a year and a half? We just did a podcast after over a month. So <laughs> we're going to get that old photo for, Yeah, for right we now. need to take a picture. We'll do that. We need to take a picture and we have to do that right away. I saw that email come in, so we have to do that. But yeah, we're we're, we're planning it. So look forward. I'm extremely excited about this. Me too. Because y'all know I love to vacation. So. Uh, we know. Yes. All right. So we'll see you guys <laughs> next week. Yes. All right. I'm DJ MV. And I am Gia Casey. And that was another edition of the Casey Crew. Toodles. Toodles.